Hey guys, so good to have you here. This is season one, episode three of Overcrest. Today, my guest host is Jake, a good friend of mine and a true car enthusiast. We're gonna, of course, get to some news, but we're gonna circle back and talk about some topics that I missed. Widowmakers, Dirty Diesels, and then I've got two new segments for you guys, the Craigslist Car of the Week and our top four cars. But before I get started, I wanna talk a little bit about one of our sponsors, Further Performance. They're a Minneapolis-based automotive repair, restoration, and performance shop. They specialize in European cars and are experienced in all aspects of headlight to tailpipe repair. Find Further Performance on Facebook at fptuned.com, F-P-T-U-N-E-D, Com, and their Instagram is fptuned, fptuned. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us. This is Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And uh, this is episode three. So this is our, our third go at it. Yes, indeed. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how we do. Um, so this is going to be our third guest host. We had uh, we had Alex. Alex. Yep. And then we had Glenn. And Glenn. And now we have you. Yeah. So, and I feel why, like. I've, why are you here? <laughs> well, that's a good question. I was going to say, I feel like I have to manage expectations right out the door and set the bar low for myself because I have absolutely no qualifications to be here whatsoever. Alex, you know, he was a great videographer and Glenn is this amazing automotive illustrator. I'm, I'm just like a, a car guy. You're I just guess. a guy that shouldn't be selling his 996. Um, sold past tense. No. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. All right, all right. So, I mean, so I sold myself short. I mean, now I have bit. to yeah, build I was, myself up I was going to build you up a little bit, but then I thought all maybe right. I, I'd well, let you, you like to it. I'd let you wallow in it for a little bit okay. in your self pity. And <laughs> I was going to try to humble brag, but no. But I, one of the reasons why I had you here is because I, you know, I've I've hung out with you through the car club and stuff like that, and I've seen some of the cars you've built, and you know, right. I've seen your enthusiasm for some of the rare stuff like the H three, and just your like just <laughs> crazy enthusiasm for that manual H. Three or it's H three, right? It it is, yeah. I just so, the enthusiasm for that thing is it's weird. A little bit. I am weird. It's weird, and it's just you're like you have like an eclectic. I Plus have a propensity to be gravitated towards really really weird cars. Okay, yeah, I would I would agree with that. <laughs> so uh, why don't you uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about the story your nine nine six, which now is gone, which. Yeah, I was going to try and spend part of this, like I was going uh, to gonna gonna ambush you, of it. and I was going to talk you out of yeah, it, I was going to ambush you. Too late. Um, yeah, I don't know, it's kind of, uh, so I'll, I'll start from the beginning, I went and bought a 911 a year and a half ago, is how short that ownership was. Um, Even shorter if you consider how much time you were actually well, able to drive yeah. it. Well, yeah, so start from the beginning, don't get ahead of ourselves. So yeah, I, I was able to convince the wife somewhat of buying a 911 and that's always been a dream of mine. She just wanted to get out of it and be like, hey, I think. Yeah, I know. Well, who doesn't want to? Yeah, exactly. So, no, I I found a 996 in my price range and it's uh, anyone who knows kind of the 911 line and is a Porsche nerd knows that 996 is kind of the ugly stepchild of the 911 world. And a lot of that is attributed to the M96 engine, which a lot of times can have you know, the IMS failure a lot and all of the these times. others. <laughs> well, okay. We could get into that too because I think that's way overhyped. Yeah, you're probably right. I, I wonder how many uh, 996s are just driving around with the guy has oh, no clue. Oh, of them. No clue that everybody else on the internet the is just. The vast majority of them. Like if they would meet him in a parking lot, they'd be like, dude, did you do your IMS bearing yet? Right. And the guy would be like, no. What, I don't what know what you're talking about. about. Exactly. Got coffee company. Like, what, what do you mean? What do you right. Mean? I'm just here at half price books. Just to- <laughs> <laughs> there's a stereotype. No, so I I found this 996, and 
really the reason I was gravitated towards this one, all of that uh, hysterics aside, is because the real centerpiece of this was that the engine was rebuilt. It was rebuilt. It was good out reliable. to a four liter. Yeah. And it had and all the IMS stuff. Been IMS done. was done. Um, all rebuilt. RMS. Yeah. I mean, basically, it was, it was all set and bulletproof. Yep. Or so I thought. So I enjoyed it. I bought it late I'll last slightly summer. slightly slower than my car. I don't know if that would is true. It's I raced that car. Oh, well, not with me. Not with you. My <laughs> previous owner was a pretty good driver. Yeah. Are you saying you're a power shifting like aficionado? Oh yeah. Has, well, like, you know, micro I, I put in the short shifter, so that makes all the difference in the world, Chris. Okay. Okay. No, so I yeah I bought it late last summer, enjoyed it for quite a while, um, and then put away for storage in the winter. And I had it all lined up, looking forward to spring. You know how it goes here in Minnesota, where you're just, you know, you're jonesing to get the yeah, car back yep. out. And so I get out there, and I sign up for a uh, Porsche Track Day event. Our local PCA club holds a spring fling. At Brainerd, I imagine. Up at Brainerd International. Yep. Yeah. And so this was my first time going up there with this local Porsche club. I didn't know how strict they were. They said you had to have a tech inspection done ahead of time. Right. And so I said, okay, I'll go by the book. And I... I got a buddy who works at the local local Porsche dealer here, and so I called him up, brought it up there. Cars running cherry. We get over to the dealer. He hops in, puts it on the lift, and all of a sudden it's knocking terribly. <laughs> like there's a huge misfire. We and how many miles did you have on it by then? What was the? So on the rebuild of the engine was probably three or four thousand. Okay. Three thousand, of which I put maybe like eight hundred miles on, right? If that. Yeah. So. That was uh, just a sinking feeling. Maybe he blew it up when he was racing me. <laughs> <laughs> so I should blame you. Yeah, you're sure. saying. Yeah. Okay. So we get it up on the lift. I'm back there with him. And we're going through checking all the easy stuff. It's not coil packs. It's not plugs. It sounded awful. It sounded really bad. Yeah. And it wasn't fuel. Have you ever heard an engine knock before? Yes. Yeah, so it you, you had a pretty good idea. Well, luckily it wasn't an engine knock. Yeah. It was just a really bad miss. Mm -hmm. And so... After spending a while diagnosing, we end up running compression on it. Good, good, good. We get to cylinder number five, zero. Zero. No compression Nothing. at all. Okay. So I'm fearing the worst, thinking there's going to be a giant pole in my piston. <laughs> and we get in there with a the scope and realize that the valve seat had dropped. Yeah. So I I talked to the previous owner, who is a mutual friend of ours, and he's a stand-up guy. He uh, yeah, he helped me out and worked with me. Absolutely. So That's, I mean, I, I still am I'm really impressed by that. I am you know, too. that he took care of you on that was he did not have to do that. No, that was a huge monumental task for him to basically rebuild that engine again. Yeah. Well, and it was a huge relief for me. So, what you, so was this where you're just like, fuck this car. This car is cursed. I'm done. Yeah. So uh, you, you never explain. had a chance to enjoy the car. You never enjoyed it. You prematurely sold the car. You, yeah. you never got to appreciate it. You didn't get to drive it for a summer. You didn't get to go on any tours. You didn't do That's anything. True. You didn't do anything. Did you even go to? Where did you? You didn't. I'm so disappointed. I love how upset you are. I am upset. This. I'm this upset that like, you didn't give it a chance. I'm upset. Yeah. That's so, like dating this girl that is potentially perfect, screwed up in the beginning of the relationship, comes crawling back for more, and you're like, nah, I'm over it. Even though she could be the perfect girl, you're just one, no, one strike out. I got high standards here, Chris. Women and cars. <laughs> one done. One and done. One and done. That's yeah. it. So, yeah, uh, we pulled the engine out, took the heads off, shipped the heads back down to a, a builder who took care of them, put the car back together. I put the heads back on the engine. We put it all together. It was good to go. And then I kind of just had, from that point on, it left a sour taste in my mouth. 
like, ironically, that was probably the strongest 996 engine out there. Yeah, for sure. Because everything had been addressed on it. Right. But I still kind of had this, like, this itching feeling in the back of my head that it's going to blow up again. Something's going to happen. Exactly. That, and remember when I said that, you know, I convinced my wife to buy this? Well, she she wasn't totally on board. And when all that happened, it was kind of like... That was the final nail in the coffin. So... It's like having someone with leprosy in the garage. <laughs> Basically, right. just waiting. Yeah, for hopefully something. it's not contagious. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Or other fleet exactly. of cars. So, so what? So it's gone. Where'd it go? Yeah. So um, I sold it through Renlist through the forums, and it was a guy, very interesting guy from Ohio, and um, he was actually a Honda engineer who races in this international series, and just needed this as like his fun car on the side. So he was a great guy, new Porsches. He flew up, checked it out, and drove it back. So, yeah, the uh, long story short, the car is now out of my possession, officially gone. I don't right. think you can talk me out of it at this point. Yeah, I guess not. Uh, yeah, no. So, it's be like raising something, somebody from the dead. It's just not going to happen, no matter how much you want it to. <laughs> so now we've, we've moved on, and uh, you're, you told me that you were looking at Lotuses. Now, is this kind of like... Lodi? Uh, Lodi. Lotuses, Lodi. I don't know. Yeah. Um, is this... Because of your MG, did you did you fall in love with the MG and you're looking for like the, the, neck, the, the natural evolution of, of uh, self torture or what's the yeah basically okay so yeah I mean my the wild hair up my ass once I sold the Porsche was I'm gonna consolidate my projects I also have this do you MG still have the project. MG I you do still, okay and I have a story about in the process of selling that you are in this process well. of it's listed for sale if I okay. can get what I want out of it okay. I'll let it go otherwise I'm not a huge so what, what's the story of so test drive story. Or? Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. So um, this is kind of a wild project of mine. It, it started out as just a, an MG midget kind of beater. And I did a bunch of body work, brought it up to snuff. And I also um, went and fabricated a turbo kit for it as yep. well. Yep. So it's not, I mean, with any aftermarket turbo, it's like no power, no power, lag, 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 and then boost. Well, it's a blow through. It's carved still. Right. So it's a blow through. So, yeah, or is it's, it pull? No, it's a blow-through setup, okay. which was a whole other mess of tuning, yeah, wizardry, and a pain in the ass. Um, we won't go there. That's no, the- we won't. <laughs> that, that could take up hours of uh, another show. Maybe we should start a carb-tuning podcast because you could fill. You could fill. Yeah, I could probably fill yeah. hours of that. Anyway. But at any rate, so I had a guy who was interested. He comes out. And did he know Did he know the details of the car that had the turbo and stuff like well, that? Here's the problem. I listed everything on this, and I have a huge build thread as well that I would right. link to in these ads. People don't read. I'm convinced. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was this on Craigslist? I, I, I sensed some sarcasm. Yeah, was this Craigslist? Yeah, it was Craigslist, and I yeah, think it was, yeah. you know, Facebook Marketplace, which is even worse. That's a, a little bit. At least there's some accountability there. So you can, like, you can, like, Bob, go back Joey Berditzman is interested in your MG, and you click yeah. on Joey Berditzman, and, and there's them with a Confederate flag in the background. Right. And, and you're like, sorry, it's sold, or you just don't respond or whatever. Right. You can't Craigslist and is, I like, did totally anonymous. Times. Totally anonymous. Anybody could be showing up. So this guy seemed fairly interested, but I love, this with this particular car and a lot of these projects, I mean, you want someone who knows cars and isn't afraid to tinker with it. Right. Because you don't want them to be calling you, being like, yo, I've, so this thing at 3,200 RPMs. Which has happened before. Yeah. I sold a, an old motorcycle. That, yeah, guy hounded me afterward. But at any rate, I think three different people who have come to look at this car, first thing out of their mouth... You know, I'm not I'm not a big car guy. I don't know much about cars. <laughs> and I'm just like, why are you here? 
This is not what you should be looking for. No, no. So that was the first thing. Well, you thing. can look for an MG, but not that one. Right. Yeah. So that was the first thing out of this guy's mouth. I'm like, okay. But he's seriously interested in it. Yep. He has the budget. So I'm like, all right, I'll walk you through it. And as you well know, it's it's uh, officially winter here. So it's colder yeah. out. Yep. The streets are all dry cold but and, cold. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so he's like, all right, well, can you take me out on a ride? I was like, sure. Well, I Let's haven't really ever driven <laughs> could, this thing. What could it what with could possibly go wrong? Our compound tires in the cold. And so we're going around a little roundabout by a house, and I'm kind of showboating and want to sell the car. And all of a sudden, the rear end goes loose. I'm 90 degrees facing the inside of the roundabout, yeah. overcorrect, facing the outside of the roundabout. I think I fishtailed probably four times. Yeah. End up, that's, end that's, up. that's three more times than it being cool. Because it could have been right. cool. It could have been cool. Because haven't you always wanted to drift a roundabout? Right. And, and that would have been great if I just thing. kept going. Because he would have bought it on the spot and money would have just, <laughs> it would have ejected from his pocket right into your lap. And that would have been. been ideal. But the story ends up where I actually just kind of put it over a curb. Oh, no. And, and then I think he, he got scared away. Yeah, I bet he did. <laughs> <laughs> Not the way to sell it. So a car. you still have it? I do. Okay. I we'll give rip. out your phone number at the end of the ad for all the people yeah, that want to buy exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, right. So we, you were asking about my interest in lotuses. I don't even want to know. Let's just move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love lotuses. Go ahead. What no, do you? No, you don't. I, I, I don't like getting in them. It's awful because you have to climb. You basically have That's to climb part over of the a fence. Appeal. Cl- you have to climb over a fence to get in the car. Yeah. No. The 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 sill on it is like over a foot wide. Yeah. That's and it's the chassis. I know, I know. I just, I can't. All right, we're gonna probably have to agree to disagree on that then. There, I will. They are cool cars. I, to be fair, I have not driven one. Okay, I haven't driven one. That kind of this is, is all what you hooks know, you. Yeah, I want. I do. I want to. I, I don't know if should. I want to drive one. Should we set that up and we can record it for the show? Yeah, we'll see. Chris drives the. <laughs> Chris drives the Lotus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get into it later. Someone was trying to get me to drive a Tesla the other day too. Put, that could an opportunity be interesting. To drive a Tesla, which I'm, I'm gonna go do I, it. Yeah, it's like the crotchety old man drives all the cars he doesn't want to like. Oh, God. All right. All right. So I'd like to give a nod to Westside Volkswagen, another one of our sponsors. They uh, they sold me my first car when I came here to Minnesota. It was a 1995 Volkswagen Passat. But uh, they've always got a great selection of uh, European cars, the biggest around, actually. And I think they're one of the top-selling uh, Volkswagen dealerships in the entire country. Great dudes over there, uh, wonderful sales staff. Uh, stop by and see them if, you, if you're looking for a new car, used car. Got one of the best selections out there. Westsidevw.com. Well, so we can go. Uh, let's go into some news. We can go go right there. I've got a couple. I've got a couple news stories today. Where are they? I I got them here. If you want, no, I got it. Okay, that's yours. <laughs> that's your story. All right, this is a peek behind the curtain. So we'll go with the uh, we'll go with a kind of a happy story first that I can talk a little bit of of, of history with. Um, this, uh, this came out on December 1st. This is from Porsche's press release page. This is one you might not have seen this because I added it to the to I don't think so, no. Um, Porsche reports all-time monthly sales record. Really? Um, Porsche Cars North America announced November, 20, November 2017 sales of 500, 5,000. Who cares how many units? Well, this is 90% a, are Cayennes. Yes. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> to. Do they give a breakdown? They do. Okay. Um, it's, a, it's a 0.8% increase over November in 2016. Year-to-date, retail deliveries are up 2.5%, which is that's significant. That's significant. Um, with 5,500 Who Cares deliveries, we set an all-time monthly record. In particular, our two-door sports cars, the 911 and the Boxster model line, showed impressive double-digit growth versus last wow. year. 
So that's actually pretty cool because normally it's the you know it's the SUVs well, and yeah, that's always been their cash cow yep. ever since they came out with the Cayenne, as well as the Panamera now and the Macan. Yep. So in 2017 in November, or November they sold 1,300 Cayennes. Now they sold 1,500. Okay. But the 911 was uh, 2016 was 700 and up to 976. So that's wow. a pretty. But I, I, look at how eclipsed they well, are. Well, I was going to say run those numbers again. 13. But they they dropped. So the Cayenne dropped 1572 Everyone to 1347. And but the 911 went from 699 to 976. And I don't know if that's happened before. Where the where the 911 sales surged and the Cayennes dropped. Probably not since they introduced the Cayenne or their SUVs. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty interesting. That is interesting. Now, I, I wanted to touch a little bit about um, why, what, I wanted to see your impression, because you're not necessarily a Porsche guy, especially not anymore. <laughs> right, yeah, but I've, I've jumped why off Why do you train. think Porsche's success is what it is in America? How did we get here to the point where the Porsche is basically the elite sports car in America? Unless you can is think... It? What what's what isn't what so, what what is better? It, you're 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 jaded, I think. You're a li- totally a little bit. jaded. What are you gonna get, drive a ZL1? You really gonna pick a ZL1 over a a, I a think 911 most Turbo? Most people out in the street would. I don't think so, man. Really? No, I don't. I don't think it's true. I okay, think okay. Drive around. What do you see first? A, a Corvette or a 911? I'm not saying what people necessarily would want. I'm saying what is kind of see when you look at the maybe I'm just inundated with marketing all the time. Right. But when I we watch, all are. yeah. But when even when I watch like. So you're saying that's kind of what people aspire to. It's, it's it's what they aspire to. But if you look on like Velocity or Top Gear or Grand Tour or whatever, the 911 is always kind of held up, unless you're Jeremy Clarkson, always <laughs> held up. But even he admits it from time to time. They're great. The fancy they're, Beetle. They're awesome. And they always make a joke out of something like the Hellcat, right? All the shows are, it's like, oh, it's this thing. Okay. But it's always kind of like the butt of a joke a little bit. You well, know, it's, it's like it's, it's the this exception. Thing. Yeah, but it's it's this thing that does all these burnouts and wears all these tires and you need to have an American flag flying from the antenna. And it's because so we're it's, watching Top Gear, a British show, making fun of it. Right, but the only person that wouldn't do that is the guy <laughs> on, uh, what's the most boring automotive review thing? Anyway, some guy on walking around the car with a camera on YouTube is the only guy that's not going to do that. Everybody else is, it, it's kind of like the brunt of a joke, but it's, it's amazing. Don't get me wrong. I, I have a Hellcat shirt. I actually thought about... Man, I could sell my car and get a Hellcat. Well, we know someone that sold a 911. We do. And, got a Hellcat. and he's the one that bought me the shirt. Because <laughs> he thought he was going to be able to talk me into it. Because I was seriously thinking about it. So Were you? It, yeah, I was. And this isn't... That so I it, can't believe. It's it's the absolute truth. You can ask my wife. Wow. I was really thinking about it. I called the dealership. And I was going to go down and drive one. But then I didn't. Yeah? I wonder I just, if that would have convinced you at the time. I don't know, man. I For me, power has never been the thing that I want to chase. It's never I, I know your power is there. not. And that's not kind of the American way, right? No, it's not. America's land of burnouts and apple pie. Right. But I wanted to um why do you think Porsche is a successful take it up take it away from the way I think it, which is I think okay. they're the they're the best brand that sells cars here, because I'm super biased. But why do you think they're as successful at successful as they are in this market? Over well, the last I just think it's just this market. It they this is their biggest market, hands down. Yeah, I, mean, I think that could be said for most. Well, except for Buick, that China's. Their but you have to admit market, that the cult, the car culture here and the car culture in Europe, yeah. is different. It is very different. So why here? Why is why this they, German company so successful here? That's a good question. Um, I well, I think they've always kind of been a benchmark, if not the pinnacle, 
right? Because you think about road and track back in the 60s even. They would have the 911 against the newest Corvette. That was yep. been kind of the head-to-head there. Now, granted, they're on totally different planes as far as, you know, fit and finish and, and the actual brand panache of a Porsche versus a Corvette. But I think they've always been kind of a benchmark. So well, what, other, what other cars had a benchmark for that long? If you look at the no, 911 came out in None 1964 or whatever, and from that point on, right? It's well, been here. I, you it's know what? It's the just same shape. About. Same shape. Well, yeah, the that's entire the time. Joke right there. They all look the same. They, but they, <laughs> they do, they do. There's a racist joke in there somewhere, but I'm not. Okay. Gonna, yeah. So, no, so but they, I, what I was reminded of though, but by that's talking excellent about, though. That's excellent. They have no. I agree. like the Mustang and stuff like that looks different all the time. Except now they went back and they finally right, got the, it right, and the, and Chevy finally got it with the Camaro. And Dodge well, finally that's got kind it of with the, the retro Charger. throwback, which but, I could argue against. Or she doesn't well. have to be the retro throwback because that's it's true. always been there. It's always it's like having your dad leave when you're like six years old, and then he comes back when you're forty and expects you to still be friends. It's well, not, he he did, Chris. <laughs> then you know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. So no, you have this but, gap in the middle of this entire culture where the cars all sucked. They all sucked. Like a Mustang in like 1982 is a shitty car. Right, it's junk. But the 911 has always been something that people aspired. That that's that was very good. true. It always had race wins. They were always there. From that's a good point. Maybe that is part of what makes it such a desirable car. Is it has this heritage, and it has this motorsport connection that most cars don't have that direct connection. Marketing may say that they're race cars for the road, but in reality, I don't think anything has such a land long-standing history. Like the 911. Is it wasn't always that way. I mean, I don't think it ever came about till they didn't really even race the 911 seriously until 73. You know, they won you the probably t- no more. They won the 24 that, hours but... of Daytona. It was kind of a stunning win with the RSR, which okay. at the time was still considered a prototype. They had however many homogulations that they had to have. Yep. And they actually didn't get approved for the homogulation until afterwards. So it was considered a prototype. Those weren't the, the Moby Dick cars, were they? No, this is just like a if you've seen um, if you've seen the garage turntable car. Which or the no Sonico idea. car? It's like okay. I just posted the picture of that car. Yep, that's I, the only I, reason I know that. So that's that's an RSR. So <laughs> yeah, that one at twenty four hours of Daytona, and right around the same time they were dominating a Can Am. So coming into Can Am yep. with a you know with a twin turbo flat twelve or whatever, and then having going up against you know seven hundred and fifty cubic inch V eights or whatever, whatever they were for size. I'm right. not a huge cubic inch guy, but that and, might be and, a bit high. But okay, they were they pounded them. They, maybe it is. I don't know. 750 <laughs> cubic inches. That's a lot, right? That would be a lot. That's yeah. uh, that's more than your Hellcat you were going to buy. Yeah. Well, anyway, they, maybe it was 750 horsepower. I that think maybe be. it was 750 horsepower. Yep. But they dominated. They crushed these guys. So they came Absolutely. in. And they did it with, like, um, American liveries, right? So they bring these Porsches in with American liveries okay. and just shit all over everybody. <laughs> Before that, they were racing 356s in the autocross. True. So it was a huge step up. It was up. a huge step. So from then on, in the early 70s, they kind of had the motorsport thing kind of kind of figured out from there. And then it, I think that's what added legitimacy. Because before that, all it is is a quirky, shitty little car. That well, and I think you're right. I don't think they sold that well in the U.S. before that. No, so maybe that really is didn't. the turning point. Yeah, it could be. I think we could argue back and forth. I mean, it's basically two guys who like 911s arguing <laughs> how great 911s are. I don't know if that, that really is all that accurate or yeah, yeah. relevant. Well, I mean, there's other there's other marks that do fantastic in motorsport too. Obviously, the E30 M3 and stuff like that. But I still don't think there's any model or brand that's had continuous usage for all of this time. And I just I think that well, I want to circle back. And the reason I mentioned all this okay. is because when you see the 911 starting to take off, the marketing that Porsche has been doing 
mm-hmm. with the 911 and what they've been able to do with the GT2 at the Nurburgring, and they had some a new record or whatever. And That's right, the GT2 RS, the new model. Yep, yep, just totally eclipsed. Fast as shit, right? Yep. Just It's just an incredible, incredible car. Well, until we get your Tesla out there, Chris. Yeah, well, that thing's going to... I My thought <laughs> is those things are going to... They're fast, but they're going to burn up. I bet they can't go wide open throttle. Right well, open throttle, wide open potentiometer. Uh, capacitors? Yeah. yeah, put your potentiometer <laughs> to the floor. Not that all the other cars don't have potentiometers anyway, but um, anyway. So I think that... Um, that's what's allowed them to have this success that they have is they can be like, look, that's what we did. This is what we're doing rather than right. race on Sunday, buy yeah, on Monday. This is and rather than just be like, this is what we're doing. It's mm-hmm. they can harken back to this other stuff. So good, good job on Porsche. We'll see. Um, I will. I'll never be able to afford any of these cars. They're so expensive. It's even just like 911 career. I don't know what the MSRP on this stuff is. Cause I don't even look cause it doesn't matter. It's too much. It's too much. For for us, I could afford an. I could sell my car and get a nine nine seven, Carrera, which still has some I have shitty motor in it. Been looking at those a little bit too. Oh yeah, I have. Should we go drive some? Yeah, I have. Okay. No, I. Well, it, we should talk they about this. They have IMS problems too. I know they do. It's the yeah. same engine basically, M ninety seven block instead of M ninety six. But I mean, the thing about the new Porsches in any new car, performance car or not, that kind of bugs me, is I like simplicity raw driving experience, even in, like, my daily commuter. Yep. Whereas you look at any of these 911s, even a base model 911, there's so much technology. Yeah. And granted, the it's way they so design nice. these. They're so nice. It's, well, yeah, it's but too much. Do you want a luxury car? No, it's like the fastest couch you've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's it, the old adage, it's more fun to drive a slow car fast than a fast car slow, yeah, I think yeah. still applies. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I want to. Well, the thing load. is, like, if you let's say that GT2 RS, you're going to buy one of those, right? You're yeah. a 918 customer now, that which means that you yeah. are allowed to buy one. You're well, that's one of the, kind of the old Ferrari mentality, right? Yeah, Where you had I don't to know have if it's so like a, many I don't models. know if it's official, but I think it's I don't know if it's official or like a dealer type. Well, thing I don't know how many they're making. It's probably that they only have you know 2,000 customers and they right. all happen to have 918s yeah, already. That, yeah, that could be. Um, but uh, those so cars I'm, are I'm still buying fast. a new you can't, RS. Awesome. We'll we'll do it live. No, no, I'm continuing. You were saying this hypothetically. Oh, I was thought you were. I'm like, yes, that sounds great. We're, let's. Go I don't for a make spin. that much money, Chris. You know, uh, but so this car is. You can't drive that on the road on the public streets. Well, you, you can, can going, but it's boring. You're going 210 miles an hour, whatever the max speed of the monster is, and yep. like instantly. You can't, I mean, you're just. It's well, you the know, limits never, are so high. You're gonna hurt somebody. It. Well, you're, you're gonna never gonna be able to approach those limits. No. Well, you can, but you're gonna go to jail, or you're gonna go into the dirt. That's pretty much the two options for you. Yeah, and it's not like a midget hopping a curb. You're you're probably gonna die after that. No, yeah, 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 absolutely. Things gonna burn to the ground. So um, you got a new story. Do you wanna wanna go through that one? Yeah, let me see here. So Los Angeles, wow, Los Angeles. What about it? Uh, well, one of the nation's <laughs> most prominent technology companies announced a deal Wednesday with a major Hollywood studio to try to jointly figure out how to keep people occupied and entertained as they are driven. So, like, we can't just... No, hold on, okay. Chris. So, this is Intel we're talking about, a company that's become a major player in self-driving Intel? technology. The company Intel, Intel the, the microchip company. That's the okay. one that apparently... I can't, wait. I, I can't release, wait for their uh, their uh, made-for-TV movie by Intel. It's gonna should be a riveting. <laughs> <laughs> well, it says here they've become a major player in self-driving technology through the acquisition of automotive sensor maker Mobileye. I've never heard of them. That's the name of the camera that I have to, like, look at my garage when I'm not home, Mobileye. Oh, like a security camera. Yeah. I wonder if it's affiliated. Probably not. 
But at any rate, like they're partnering <laughs> with Warner Bros. to convert a self-driving car into one that becomes an experimental, quote, entertainment pod. So we can't for a minute. So what, let's say this happens. You're on your you wake up in the morning. You go to take a dump. You're on your phone mm-hmm. immediately. Right. Like if I go into the bathroom and I don't have my phone. I'll like pull my pants back up, and go get my phone because I, I, be... I have done that. Okay, so you're on your phone. You, you leave the house. At least when you leave your house and get in the car, you have to drive, and you're not on right, your technology. You're not device. inundated. You're you're enjoying. I enjoy driving, not in rush hour necessarily, but I enjoy driving. So that's going to be gone. So now you're going to go from your toilet to the car. And, I know. and be like beamed even more information. Inundated with more yeah entertainment. You can't even get gas anymore without having a TV in front of you. That's true. So That's it's, interesting it's, to think about that. You, you can do nothing. So now it's all this is going to be is a pardon the pun a vehicle to have more marketing it's shoved actually an in entertainment your, pod. Okay, Chris. you're going <laughs> to Well, there's no pun in that. That's no fun. So you're going to be inundated with marketing and movies. And do I really need to watch Netflix in my car? Well, hold on, Chris, because as we continue, those being transported in the cars will no longer have to drive or pay attention to the road. So they may want to watch movies or TV. The windows of the car could become screens for augmented reality, or the car itself could be a mobile billboard. Wow. So there's a whole nother uh, aspect you know, for, to this. For some reason, it reminds me of um, an an iRobot. Is that where you get yes, the motorcycle, right? I was just right? thinking that, too. So there's that Audi with the round wheels and the yep. things like auto-driving itself all over the place, and it's got screens inside or whatever. Okay. But the, for some reason, always in these movies, whether it's that movie or there's Demolition Man, too, yeah. where there's always this, like— The one rebel. The rebel, right? He's, you've got the, you've got the motorcycle or the Chevelle SS, and everyone's yep. like, oh, ooh, and they whisper quietly to themselves in deep, dark corners. And <laughs> Well, it's so terrible. So and it's well. What's sad is that's gonna be it. If if these entertainment pods are gonna why be do we our, need this? I don't know. I take solace in driving. If, I do you know, too, and I think most of our listeners do because hey, guess what? It's a car yeah, show. They, they're right? all they're all just going. Yes, we agree with you. But I'll play devil's advocate here. You know, if these cars are actually gonna be successful in self driving, they're gonna be much safer, right? We don't have to worry about old grandma in the next lane driving into us. They're going to probably be more efficient. Again, I'm trying to think really hard here. I'm trying to be devil's so advocate. That's that's kind of why I picked this next story. So I'll let you. I'll I'll answer all those questions for you. Okay. And, no. So I, I in a perfect world because here's the thing. I hate. I hate stuck. that term. I hate when someone says in a perfect world because they are just going to be talking about some utopian bullshit that's not possible. No, this isn't that far off. Okay. okay. So here I'll say this. Here's the the uh, the positive aspects of this technology. So let's say um, I'm driving my day job every morning. In rush hour, I would admittedly much rather be in a, quote, entertainment pod, being able to get work done, answer emails, etc., and not have to be Well, that's a lot stuck different than watching Batman 7. Well, you know, if you <laughs> want to watch that as well. <laughs> Batman VR, where your car turns into the, you think you're driving the Batmobile? Oh, think about all these that opportunities. That awesome. You could, like, drive, you're, like, the... The steering wheel, like VR, turns into like the Batmobile right. steering wheel, and you're like driving like Ooh, a video it's game. Interactive now. Oh, I like video games, so now I'm on the end on this. <laughs> no, but my point is, so you can have this kind of utilitarian um, entertainment pod that brings you to work by itself on Monday, and then still have your classic 911 in the garage when you want to go driving. The question becomes: When regulation gets involved, when we have all these self-driving vehicles on the road, are you going to be allowed to drive your vintage car then? I think. Uh, Man, I don't want to beat this subject to death because we talk about this electric car stuff every week. And that's one of the th- reasons I wanted – one of the things I want to talk about is when you go and you look at 
Jalopnik or Car and Driver, Road and Track, and you try to go and you're, you're looking for news articles, looking for interesting things to talk about, every third article is about this. Is about this. Well, people Everything, love it's, doom it's, and gloom. But they're not even doom and gloom. It's just this is what's happening. You're, you know, this is what's coming. Waymo this, Uber. I mean, it's all these things. And it's it's not like I want to talk about this shit all the time. But this is what's relevant right now. <laughs> so this is no longer Overcrest. This is the self-driving car podcast. <laughs> um, I'm going to shit on him as much as I possibly can. But Well, and here's... Here's something I was thinking about with this, not to beat a dead horse. We'll move on right after this, I promise. We're not, because I'm going to make things really okay. doomy and gloomy we'll, we'll here We'll continue on this. No, but my point is, so all the doom and gloom, we think this is coming, you know, next year. We're all going to have self-driving cars. We're never going to be able to touch a, touch a steering wheel again. I don't think that's reality at all, because, yes, technology is progressing really quickly, but at some point, the government and regulation is going to step in and say, okay, we need to have some sort of standards for how these cars operate, you know, what are the safety parameters that they work within? And as soon as government gets involved in bureaucracy, this is going to become such an arduous development process that I don't think this is going to happen I think they want it so bad they're going to stay out of the way. Really? They want it so bad, and I'm going to prove it to you. Okay, let's hear it. All right. So um, this is one I found. This is actually from the – this is a U.S. Department of Transportation official uh, official document. Okay, straight and, to the uh, source. It, uh, if you actually tilt it just like this – all the words just changed to propaganda. <laughs> we can't see what you're doing, but uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's, if you tilt it in just the right light, it, all the words change to propaganda. I'm sure. And I just want to read this to you guys. This is an official U.S. Department of Transportation. Oh, what, what this is is basically, you should love this. Embrace this. Okay, let's right. hear it. So it starts out, autonomous vehicle technologies have captured America's imagination. Mm-hmm. The reason is simple. Their potential to reduce and even eliminate the devastating loss of life to road deaths worldwide. According to World Health Organization, motor vehicle crashes killed 1.3 million people worldwide in 2015. Okay. In the United States alone, we lost 35,000. Now, I went, I'm, of course, I'm like, okay, well, what's 35,000 in 1.3 million? 0.02%. So America counts out for 0.02% of worldwide vehicle fatalities, yet we're the ones getting fucked by this because they're not going to have automatic <laughs> driving cars in the Sahara Desert or South Africa or or Syria or Russia. We're not the ones that are adding statistics. No, this isn't happening. So we're not the problem. So we're basically using these statistics that are from some third world country where everybody's just, I've seen the Top Gear episodes. I know how these people drive. Okay, that's what this is. (laughs) Well, hey, this brings up a good point. So, okay, you're talking about the statistics. I I do believe that motor motor vehicle accidents are the number one cause of death in the U.S. So that's nothing to, you know, scoff at. But here's the problem. Chris, we're talking about our infotainment pods here. We're all on our cell phones while we're driving. This isn't yeah. about the cars being the problem. And that's why I think it's about these people who can't get their eyes out of their lap with their phone yep. and watch where they're going. This was I think that's what accounts for what they say is a spike of more than seven percent above the previous year. Wow. Which I think is a serious problem. That is um, a serious problem. And despite increasing Department of Transportation safety standards, I mean, which are the cars are so, so, so safe. They are. But they're not going to if you're not driving, the, if you're not looking at the road, it doesn't matter. So, I mean, it's. Yeah, it's people need to take account. I think we've all been guilty of probably texting and driving some. We have. And I and I I will sometimes do it, but I try to be somewhat cognizant of where I'm doing it and what I'm doing. <laughs> Like if I realize you're still actually driving a car, I'm driving right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Little do our listeners know we're actually recording this in a car. So, but, but I will text and drive, but it's usually like empty road. I'm responsible for myself, you know, and, and I, and even then I'm, I try to be really, really careful about doing it. And I think people, 
I think most people are like, oh, I never text and drive, which is just bullshit. I just yeah, think that I'm I'm actually slightly more sensitive about this topic lately because I had a good friend who was hit by a distracted driver who was right. texting their phone, and she got rear-ended doing the guy that rear-ended was doing 60. Oh, he didn't God. even touch his brakes because his phone. He was looking at his phone. He didn't even look up to see he was rear-ending her. See, that's you know, I I look at it in the way of the cops have the computer in their car, right? So they're yes. trained drivers. They've got the computer in the car. They're very safe. Accidents with police officers are very low. Right. Do I think that she should be typing on their little laptop all the time, looking at my license plate, seeing if they need to pull me over or not, <laughs> or how many warnings I've gotten? No. But they're pretty safe drivers. They they do it. They don't do it all the time. They do it when it's safe. They do it, and, and they're mindful of when they do it. I think there's a difference between, like, checking your phone and looking at a text message and, right. and like— Or even sna- changing the radio station. Even like, that can cause It doesn't accidents. matter what you're doing. Yep. Yeah, it's just it literally is the distraction that you're dealing with. So I know what you're saying. I mean, as long as you have some sort of standard where you're paying attention, absolutely. But yeah, it's it's just ridiculous how this has become commonplace yeah, with our devices. It's, it's sad. Um, I think Apple has a thing on your phone now that you can turn on where it won't work if you are driving. I oh really? Yeah. I haven't done that. It'll like automatically send a message. I do remember that because yeah. I just got the new iPhone and it said something about that. Yep. All right, so with 94% of fatal vehicle crashes attributable to human error, the potential of, or human idiocy, the potential <laughs> of an autonomous vehicle technologies to reduce deaths and injure on our roads urges us to action. Okay. All across America, innovators are jumping at the chance to be part of the autonomous vehicle revolution. It's led to the announcement of May 31st as National Autonomous Vehicle Day. We've set up a day. <laughs> National Autonomous Vehicle Day. I even wrote LOL. Right next to that. Yeah. Like, are you fucking So what are we me? What are we doing to celebrate? I don't know. And when is this again? May 31st. Okay. This so is, this is literally bullshit. This well, is the most propaganda <laughs> fucking garbage I've ever seen in my fucking life. I mean, the, it's government, so what do you expect? But this oh, is pure, this is pure propaganda right here. Let me, let me, allow me to continue. And then we'll laugh okay, about it together. Go ahead. The life-saving potential of autonomous vehicles is the primary benefit of this new technology, but the benefits may be also realized in other ways. Okay. For example, American motorists currently spend more than 6.9 billion hours a year sitting in traffic, according to right. Who Cares. Autonomous vehicles could potentially smooth traffic flows, reduce commute co- commute times, vehicle emissions, and fuel costs. Additionally, many seniors and people with disabilities cannot currently drive, even with blah, 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 who cares? Valid. They're valid, so I'm going to skip over it. The potential to save millions of lives worldwide commands us to commands us to unleash mm. the power of innovators across America that will deliver a safer vehicle future. Their ingenuity is why we can be bullish on the potential of autonomous vehicle technology. Bullish. Bullish. Okay. So again, I'm gonna kind of take the counterpoint here. Yeah. Propaganda in a big ass font at the bottom of underlined page. that he wrote. What bothers me is that this is not an objective piece at all. Well, it's not supposed to be. This isn't reporting. This it's, is a release, a press the, release. The government is not supposed to be lobbying for this type of stuff. It's not their job. I'm trying not to show my political views too much on this yeah, on this podcast, well, but this just, seems, this just seems... No, I, here's the thing, though, Chris. I don't have a problem this with that This is so purple. Because I don't care if the people National Autonomous me, Vehicle Day? Okay, well, there's a National Hot Dog Day, too. A National Yeah, but hot day. dogs are awesome. Autonomous <laughs> vehicles suck. Why? Why? I guess here's the... It gets to the, the crux to the point is why do you care so much? Because no, it is the, the inevitability of it, it's it's going to happen. It is, right. It is inevitable. I, and I see it as the death of something that has become so much a part of my life over the last 15 years. It's I breathe it every day. I work it every day. I write about cars every day. I shoot cars. 
This is my life. I have a fucking podcast about cars. <laughs> I bought all this shit so I could sit here and talk to other people about cars. Chris, here, no one's here's the government you saying, to give up your car, though. That's that's where my point Where's is. National Non-Autonomous Vehicle Day? That's every day. No, I guess I'm just curious why you get so fired up about this. Because I see it as the death of my passion. Hmm. Here's an interesting analogy is uh, we're both gun owners, right? Mm -hmm. There are a lot of regulation and a lot of, as you might say, propaganda against gun ownership and gun rights. Is there a National Gun Day? No, but we have the National (laughs) Rifle Association. Yeah, but that's a private company. It's not a company. It's an organization. Well, it's a private private organization. Right, but my point is, is... This is not a private organization putting out this thing. This is the government creating National Autonomous Vehicle Day so we all feel bullish on the pro- potential of a- autonomous vehicle technology. And guess how many lobbyists and, uh, I guess, lawmakers are out there fighting against people having the right to have guns right now as well. That hasn't, that's nothing new. So my point is, the analogy, we still have the right to own guns, and that hasn't changed at all because that is going on. Does that make any yeah, logical, it, that, that doesn't play? It doesn't play for me because that's, you know, have, you have private organizations, unions have lobbies, NRA has lobbies. Corporate interests have lobbies. This isn't a private entity lobbying the government. This is the government lobbying its citizens for what they think is their own good. Right. Well, that's nothing new either. No, it's just I just think it's stupid. <laughs> it just bothers really? me. Really? I thought you liked this. No, okay. that's just National Autonomous Vehicle Day. I'm going to be celebrating. I don't know about you. I'm going to spend the whole day in the bathroom. No, you're just me doing burnouts in your new Hellcat. I'll be, yeah, I'll figure, I'll figure something out. All right. Anyway, so we can uh, we can move on. So I wanted to talk a little bit about. Um, so I was driving on the way back from uh, Thanksgiving, and I pulled over to fill up the urea stuff in the car, and I saw a Widowmaker Jack sitting on the ground. And so, so those, by Widow Jaker, Widowmaker Jack, we're talking about a it's scissor, scissor jack, jack that you crank that comes with your hand. usually with. Like a car, like yep. it's the emergency jack. Yeah, it's an emergency jack. Okay, and it and it they they're junk. People die. They don't call it a widowmaker for no reason, right? They they kill people. They're junk. People use them when they shouldn't. Well, I was gonna say it's for emergency. Okay, so let's say you're driving wherever. You're in the mountains. You're in the desert. You're out in the middle of nowhere. Okay, and you get a flat tire. What are you gonna do? Well, I I've done this. Okay, what do you do when you get a flat tire? Well, I was in. Or RS4, which actually doesn't have a spare, which ironically, <laughs> they don't give you a jack because they didn't give you a spare in the first place. But I went and got uh, a spare, and I think I just grabbed my Widowmaker out of my truck, actually. And there I was on the side of the road. I didn't have an issue, Chris. Were you on a flat surface? Um, Yes. What if you weren't on a flat surface? Then Would you, you just drive I No, I've done this before, too. I used the floor mat on the gravel of the shoulder. And then put the Widowmaker on the floor mat to at least have some semblance. So you and I are a, are a little more intelligent than the average right. Joe on the on the freeway change okay. tire or the, or the Joanne or whatever you want to say. My problem with this is that these jacks are shit. Okay. They fold over and break. Even on even on flat surfaces, they if you wiggle the car, if you do anything, let's say that you're trying to put a lot of torque to release the stuck wheel nut. They're unstable. The car well, can tilt. PSA, that's why you do that before you jack the car up. I'm just, I'm trying to look at this from, <laughs> I'm trying to think about what happened to this guy. Right. So I explain the situation again. I, I interrupted you. I was at the auto zone and okay. the auto zone. I was at auto the auto zone. zone and next to the garbage can was a folded over. Crumpled. So it was like crinkled. It was folded in half. Like not, it, it not it clearly, scissored. 
like no, it had fold like the, broke it, it. the car had clearly leaned over and crushed the jack. Okay. So I'm just trying to figure out can't we come up with a better solution than that shitty jack that's been around forever? Like my my 911 has a hole in the side of the car, and right. I know that some of the Mercedes stuff I think has a hole. The where MG you put does the, too. Where you put the jack in, and then it's got a round plate on the bottom, and you just turn the thing. Yeah. And it's and it's it's a square peg, so it's not going to rotate in any direction, right? So it's you put it in, yeah, it's no, not like going to rotate. Why can't we all do this? Why do we need to have this scissor jack that kills people, Can I... murders people? <laughs> what if you're in a situ- What if you're on a gravel road and uh-huh. you get a puncture and all you've uh-huh. got is this widowmaker? You're not gonna. Well, this isn't a flat spot. I'm gonna continue to drive on my wheel till I get to a, a a location that's suitable for my jack that is supposed to help me out in this emergency situation. Now I'm stuck using this piece of shit and it's gonna break and kill me. Would I- <laughs> can I can I add a little uh, maybe clarification and. From your perspective here, sure. how many people do you think are actually going to take the time to change their own tire nowadays instead of calling AAA? I have no idea. I don't think anyone uses these anymore. They, I just saw a guy use it. He's he could he that was, guy could be dead. I didn't see any blood, no. but it's but he was at AutoZone, so he's gonna say I'm gonna say he's one of the maybe like 15 percent of the American populace who like does their own auto maintenance and nowadays. It's still fucking broke on him. Okay, well some of this is user error. I'm sorry to say. I'm sure it is, but these things I've had them. In my garage, I, I don't remember what I was doing, but it was my Mark IV Jetta, mm-hmm. and I had it tip over on me. I don't remember, not on me, but I was, like, changing my wheels or something like that. And, yep. I, and maybe I was trying to undo the lug nuts while the, you know. See? What did I say? Was... User error. <laughs> How are these things underwriter laboratories approved? <laughs> because they have a warning sticker right on them that says, danger, do not use if you're an idiot. No, I will one-up you, though. So, Widowmakers, the scissor jacks are bad, but Chevy trucks, I think uh, mine doesn't, but previous generations, they come with these also, your your standard scissor jack, the Widowmaker, and then they also have these little metal L-brackets that are supposed to be wheel chocks. But because trucks are higher and the scissor jack can't lift the whole way, what they tell you to do, and there is a diagram, you can look this up, we should link to it, that you put these L-brackets on the ground and balance the jack on top of them. And and I I'm mimicking it. Well, right to be now, fair, if, the, if it see. falls off the thing, you're not going to necessarily die right. because it's a truck, unless you took like both wheels off one side. But regardless, I agree. I'm tossing you a bone here. Yeah, yeah. it's a terrible design. All these jacks are terrible. I just imagine like well, it becomes uh, you know it's kind of the corporate bean counters. Why are they going to throw in a, like an industrial jack when they don't have to? There's clearly better designs. European designs or for jacks. Just don't Mercedes. include one like our RS4. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, <laughs> don't even make the uh, the issue. I don't even know what the jack is like in my 2015 Golf. All right. Anyway, I want to. We're gonna skip the the diesel thing because we're running out of time a little bit. I'll just well, have to keep pushing if, that. If anyone, yeah, I was gonna say that's your personal vendetta. That so is, if anyone yeah. follows you on social media, I think they've already yeah, well, heard you. I just want I want other people to know how much I hate it, and we'll talk about it another time. All right. So I uh, I didn't get I got a few entries for the Craigslist Car of the Week, but not right. but so not enough to make me happy. Let's explain this for. Listeners that, that don't know what this is. Yep. So I posted up on Facebook that I wanted people to go find me with no restrictions. Mm-hmm. Cool shit on Craigslist. So these cars could be projects. They could be pieces of shit. They could be somebody posted a, like an Urquatro rally car replica thing. That's okay. cool. Yep. So I want to know anything. So a lot of people were like, oh, I have a price limit. or oh, I'm like, no, I want to know anything cool. So there's so, no criteria. No criteria. Just send it in to me. Okay. And I'm, and I'm happy to see it. So this is one I found myself. And, and I'm going to read you the ad, and then I'll show you the picture of it. Okay. Okay. This is my 1990 Volvo 740, a.k.a. Volvasaur. <laughs> I bought the car back in March with a friend, not knowing it would wind up being my daily driver. 
I have put a lot of time and money into this car for modifications and to keep it on the road and running. It comes with everything you see, and the wing can be optional. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Pros. Yeah? I replaced the head two months ago. Oil changed recently. Tires are only three months old. LED uh-huh. lights work. Oh, where, <laughs> Muffler- are, where are these LED lights? <laughs> <laughs> Muffler delete sounds good, but isn't too loud. <laughs> Love it. Cons. Okay, those were the pros, keep in mind. Currently, it needs a fuel pump replaced, which is keeping it from starting. It turns over. Not an expensive <laughs> fix, but need the money and need to move on with a new project. I can't wait till we get to the price. Oh, shit. I forgot to keep the price. Oh, I'm yeah. open to all offers. I've got it up on the computer over here. I'm open to all offers. Keep in mind, the parts alone on the car were worth close to $1,000. Oh, It's okay. a Volvo, so a run forever with basic maintenance. <laughs> well, once you replace Inst- the fuel pump. Oh, he's got an Instagram. Let's give out his Instagram. Maybe we can get... Instagram sure. at Volvosaur, V-O-L-V-O-S-A-U-R Love for it. more photos. So this is kind of playing, oh, wow. I'm looking at the photo right here. What you guys can't see is he has extremely wide steely. It's, it's a dollar. <laughs> he doesn't have a okay, price. So there is no price. Best yeah. offer. Yeah. So, okay. Not only does he have um, the old like World War II shark teeth on the side of the car, he also has the rear wheel wells cut out with super wide steelies and what appear to be like dirt track tires on it. And the aforementioned wing on the back, which is exactly how you'd picture it. We have some driving lights tape over the headlights, a la a, you know, cafe racer type thing. I, I'm, I'm at I'll a post, loss I'll for post words a link. Here. The thing is, actually, the thing is pretty awesome. It is. I mean, it's awesome, really. Well, it's I mean, I would, it's the Volvosaur, and I love his name. If he didn't have the name Volvosaur for it, I'm not sure I would be into and, it. And where is this listing? This, this is right in, This here. is in Atlanta. In Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. So, so I, I was wondering, yeah, if we're limiting ourselves so just. He, to I the just pulled up this area for you to see. Oh yeah, I'm looking at this with you. We have a. It is rich with the Bulbasaur. And now we got the other picture is not color, so now we got some color here. Wow. So he's got. See, those are probably like two thirty-five tires on the rear. Yeah, those are some wide tires. I like this. What the insurance company thinks I drive, and it's some shitty brick Volvo just stock. What I actually drive. <laughs> and he's got the, the Volvosaur there. This I wish is... he would just replace the fuel pump so we could see this beast in action. Yeah, yeah, that would be sweet. It says still broken 17 days ago. Hmm. His hashtags are Europe, Asia, USA. <laughs> <laughs> he's going international with this. Oh, anyway. I think right. uh, Overcrest should buy this vehicle. Do we have a fund for that, Chris? Oh, I don't. Send money. <laughs> Send sponsorship. Send sponsorship. We'll do okay. it. Okay. Well, I think you need to kind of make a call out here for next week that people need to. Yeah, send, send us some stuff. Yeah, well, send us some missions. If not, I'll just find stuff too. I, I can. I got time. I can sit on Craigslist for a little bit. Um, the uh, the other new segment I wanted to have uh, on the show is uh, the top four cars. Okay. Now I pick four cars because I really think that you can have a daily driver. Right. Then you have four cars. If you have more than four cars, you're you're either an asshole or you're just a really rich dude that has too many cars. <laughs> okay. You know, I, so, so you're limited yourself to four as well? Even me, even myself, four cars. What, and I, I do you have four right now? No. Well, I have a daily driver and then a 911, and then my wife has a car. Okay. So that's, I mean, I have, yeah, I have you way have under the room for another one. I'm, I'm set for golf on this. So I'm, you know, I'm under par, <laughs> you know, so, but I had four before I sold the 911. So I, yeah, I can open up another so, But I'm here. just, I'm just free. I'm just assuming you could have whatever you want. So you can have right. a daily driver plus four cars. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. daily driver, I don't give a shit about because everybody can have a daily driver. And I, I try okay. to keep, I try to keep things reasonable too. Otherwise you'd be like, yeah, I want a, I want a, a Rimac and an Aventador and a Chiron. And... So do we have a hypothetical price point here? No, but let's, I'm going to call somebody out if they're 
being gratuitous okay. with it. Okay, so we're asking for people to submit what they're... No, this is this is for you. Oh, okay. You're so going to call is, me out if I'm, I'm gonna, being ridiculous. Yeah, so this is for you. <laughs> so I'm, whenever, whenever I have a guest on, I'm going to ask them and try to get a feel for it. Okay. And, uh, so you said you don't care about the daily, but so right now I have... Like I said, this Hummer truck as a daily. So I like having something more rugged as yep. a daily. And I think if you remember years ago, there's a company that does the AMG G55 wagon, but yep. they made it a six-wheeler. Yeah, I've seen that bed. So that'd be, my, daily, that'd be that my daily. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. I'm just basically taking what I have now Is and that thing just making it extreme. Uh, the driveway, maybe. Definitely maybe. not the garage. Yeah, the trailer hitch hang Well, if I have this hypothetical car collection, can I have a hypothetical like pole barn as well? Fuck it. Why not? Okay, there we go. Um, so four, but it can only fit four cars. <laughs> right. <laughs> some odd limitations yeah, here. It's a 20 by 30 pull bar. Yep. I'm going to have some sort of a project car. Maybe I'll do like uh, some clapped out Ferrari, which doesn't exist at all. But that'd be like my project car that I yeah. spent time on. Just like some barn fine yeah. 250 GTO or something like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Even a 308 I'd be happy with. Sure. And then, so that's two. I got two more. I want to do something fun and fast. I'm in a Lotus kick right now, so maybe I do, like, uh, some Exige. They have a 260 special edition. Okay. That'd be cool. And then I still have another spot left for something. I got my truck. I got my project. I got my fun car. Gosh, I might be good with three here, Chris. Yeah? That's all you need? That's okay. You can I mean, be under the limit, too. Do boats count? Because I need a no, boat. Okay. No. We're leaving those aside. That's, that's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> What else would I do? I guess I'd have to have a 911. Even though okay. I sold my 911, I'd still do what, a, a nice air cooled. That's a really broad brush there. Yeah, no, it's going to be air cooled, long nose, um, long hood. Um, maybe like a an ST tribute car or something. Okay. All right. I'll let that slide. That, 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 that seems reasonable. Right? Yeah, I can go Not with that. really. No? <laughs> have you seen the price points of 911s lately? Yeah, well, an ST tribute, you could build one of those for $200,000. Okay. Yeah, that's a nice I think price that limit. sounds fair. If you would have come in here and be like, I want a singer, I'd be like, nope, ridiculous, no. too much. So no. let's let's hear yours. Oh, God. Um, because here's the other thing with this. It's going to be fluid, right? In two months, you're probably going to have a different list. I don't know, man. I don't need, I honestly, I honestly don't think about this ever. Okay. You know, people are constantly asking me what car I would get instead of the car I have now. Yeah. It's the car I have, really. I mean, maybe well, like a Tuscarossa or you're something. You're lucky but. in that sense. I think a lot of guys still have a dream car. Yes. I mean, if I I guess what it would probably be is I would probably have um, a, De- a Delta Integrale Evo 2. Oh, yeah. Uh, a Lancia Stratos rally car okay. looking thing. Yep, those are um, cool. A Ferrari Testarossa. The Testarossa. Fuck yeah, I love those things so much. Really? Yeah. Okay. I would I would trade my car for one of those, I guess. I would do that. <laughs> um, so that's three. So I get one more cool car and then my daily. Um, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, four so I got you. So you, you, were, you were all done anyway. You didn't need it. Yeah. You wanted a boat, so you're out anyway. Okay. Um, oh, man. I guess I would, I would probably do like a, maybe like an old Cadillac Eldorado or something. Just a cruiser. Just a cruiser. Something to just hit the hit the. What about, what was the Lincoln Continental where it had the suicide doors in the rear, you know? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. That's. I keep thinking of John F. Kennedy when I see those things. It just makes me <laughs> sad. So, but um, yeah. So I got. What was that one more? What did I say? Lancia. Well, you got. Yeah, you got your uh, two Lancias. Jeez. Daily, I guess. Yeah, I got. Well, then my 911, I guess, would be my daily. It would just be uh, the sport just, wagon. No, I would. If I have enough money for all this shit, I don't care about gas prices. I'm just gonna take like a <laughs> a 2018 Chevy Tahoe or suburban or That's something. Boring. It's a daily driver. What, who cares? 
You, my wife has got to be able to drive the thing. Life's too I got to be able to, to put kids in cars, it. Chris. That's why I have a Lancia Stratos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the kids won't fit in the bag of that one. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Oh well, they can fit back there if they want. Well, guys, that's all we have got time for today. I wanna, I wanna thank Jake for coming on. Yeah, thank you, Chris. It's been fun. And uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Overcrest Pod, and we're uh, at Overcrest Podcast. One of the two. You find us. Hit us up on Facebook. Leave us a five star review with a little bit of words if you could. Give us, uh, give us a little bump in the iTunes and Stitcher world. We appreciate it. We'll see you guys next week. 